You know, last night we gathered together and had um, just a buffet of international foods all around here. And unfortunately, I was unable to be here because I got hit with a stomach virus uh, yesterday morning and uh, just was, I have not been that sick in a long time. And I was so sad that I could not be here, but uh, I heard that our speaker just hit a home run. And uh, he is coming back here today to share with us. He is a Jersey boy. How many of you know that God anoints Jersey men and women as well? Amen. Bless God. And I've known Gil for many years. And, uh, and uh, I am just so thankful that Gil could uh, come and, and share with us here this weekend. Um, many of you know his story. And I'm only going to give you the bullet points for 17 years, he served as a missionary in Spain, and uh, for those next six years after that, so 23 altogether, but six years, he was the area director for Southern Europe, and so he was overseeing all of the missionaries in uh, that Southern European area. Uh, the last two years, he has served as the director of mobilization for the entire Assemblies of God. And he was explaining that a little bit to me, and I'm not even going to try uh, to explain it to you. But basically, uh, he oversees all of the missionaries that are coming in to the Assemblies of God. And he shares that responsibility with a great team as well. But uh, I am just thankful that... As the Lord has used him, he has just become more and more humble. And uh, I, I have never run into Gil that he has not uh, just encouraged me and been a blessing. And I'm so glad that we can turn this uh, sacred desk over to a man who has a heart for missions and a heart for the local church. So would you put your hands together and would you welcome Gil Rodriguez as he comes to minister the word of the Lord with us today. Well, good morning, church. It's a great day to be here. Uh, what a fantastic weekend and celebration with all the events that are taking place here in this Missions Emphasis uh, weekend. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Pastor Kurt. Uh, thank you, Pastor Joe, for the kind invitation for, for me to be here. It truly is an honor, and I'm thrilled about sharing what the Lord is doing uh, around the world and how he has been helping us to reach uh, so many people that have not been reached. We were here last evening and shared about a testimony of how God led us, not necessarily in our plans, but how he directed us to, uh, to go to a place and found a tremendous, uh, find that the Lord was already there. And we just showed up and God began to continue to move. So it was incredible. So again, thank you, church, for your, your givings, your offerings, but, and, and your missions givings to send all these missionaries that you've seen. And I think I, I saw a picture of myself up there. That's wonderful. Bless God. So I want to give you I want to give you an update and report because th those are those are your missions dollars. That's your investment, not just into our lives as a family, but also to the kingdom of God. And these dollars have eternal value attached to them. It's huge. We're giving for all eternity so that when, as we heard the song earlier, stand before the Lord, we're going to stand around people that you have impacted, that you paid a part and played a part in, in seeing them receive the gospel and then are able to stand before the throne of God worshiping because somebody went out, you supported them as a church, and now there they are on the front lines telling others about Jesus. So thank you, Bethel, for all the, the things that you are doing and the gifts and the kind prayers that you send 
to the missionaries around the world. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to turn quickly to the book of Numbers. Yesterday we were looking at the uh, New Testament. This morning I'm going to look into the Old Te Testament, the book of Numbers. If you have your Bibles or put it on your phone, whatever, Numbers chapter, Numbers chapter 9, Numbers chapter 9, and we're going to start reading in verse 15. Numbers chapter 9 and reading in verse 15. Just want to give you a summary, you know, as the Lord has helped us through all these things that we've done in life serving uh, 17 years in Spain, and then it's continued in Spain the last six years, as Pastor mentioned, Pastor Kurt, as area directors, God just kind of led us, just led us. Uh, I first started in missions when I went, to, I took a year assignment to country of Paraguay, uh, again, led by the Lord to go there, and uh, through a series of, of events, uh, met my wife there, I'm sorry she's not here, she just came back from Spain recently, so I was a little bit tired from the trip, but... Just all, so many things as the Lord leads us. It's amazing, it's amazing to know as God will lead us as his servants, the things that God will have us to do, the places, the people, the areas that God will have us to reach and impact. It's amazing the things that God has prepared for you and I if we only can learn to follow him. Numbers chapter 9, start reading in verse 15. The Bible says here, Now on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony. From evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire. So it was always. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey and in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey, and at the command of the Lord, they would camp. As long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they remained encamped. Even when the cloud continued long many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped, and according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. Verse 21. So it was when the cloud remained only from evening until morning. When the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they would journey, whether by day or by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they would journey. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year, that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain in camp and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. Verse 23, at the command of the Lord, they remained in camp, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. A simple account here, basically, it seems to be a bit redundant, but it was very, very important for the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, coming into the promised land as God promised he would take them. And as they were coming out and into the promised land, after being over 400 years enslaved in Egypt, God had to reestablish his relationship with them. He needed a visible sign. He needed something that they would be able to see. So he, he put this cloud above of the, of, of the tabernacle. It was the place where they would worship. And he put this cloud there as a visible sign so they would begin to understand how important it was for them <clears throat> to follow him and his presence. It was very, very important. They, were, they, they weren't just delivered out of Egypt to them. 
be nomads going about as they wanted to. No, they were a selected group of people that God had delivered out of Egypt so that he would continue to work in them. They would worship him and together they would fulfill his purposes as he would fulfill his promises in their lives. And God would work on their behalf. And so they are in the, in, in, in the wilderness, work, moving their way over to the promised land. And God was already working. He sent manna to feed them. He began to do many, many other things to take care of them. God showed himself, and three things were happening. God showed his power. God gave them provision. And God also, in, in, the, in the Bible we see here, he, he gave them a sense of purpose. They weren't just wandering about aimlessly, but God was saying, as you follow me, and as the cloud would lead them and direct them, he would give them purpose. Now we're moving here. Now we're moving there. And the Bible says in this passage, ironically, seven times it says, at the command of the Lord. In other words, it was important. It was very important. And he had to stress to them, please follow me. Follow my presence. I will lead you. I will guide you. But follow my presence. And as you do, I will give you a sense of purpose and a sense of destiny. You are not alone in this world. We are not in, alone in this world. And how many can say, thank God that he delivered us from Egypt. Thank God that he took us out of slavery. Thank God he took us out of bondage. Thank God that he set us free. And not only that he set us free, but he set us free with a purpose to serve him, to worship him, to honor him, to lift up our hands and praise him. That we, and thank God that we have a God that we can pray to that, who answers our prayers, who listens to our prayers. We don't pray to a dead God. We pray to a living God. We pray to the only God. We pray to God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. There is no one like our God because this is the only God that gives you and I purpose that we know that we don't have to fall into the pitfalls of this world, but God will lift us up. God will raise us up. And as he does, he fulfills our destiny. Purpose. He was giving the children of Israel purpose to follow him. And as they did, they understood that they were supposed to follow the Lord seven times. God wasn't being redundant for redundant's sake. But he wanted to communicate, communicate clearly how important it was for the children of Israel to follow him. He gave them provision. He provided for them as they were in the... How do you feed and how do you give water to almost a million people in a desert? Where provisions are a bit scarce... Water isn't easy to be found, and that many. I mean, think about it. If we would do some kind of humanitarian outreach to try to reach that many people, well, we would be calling World Vision, Food Bank, blah, 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 and all these, because it would take a lot. But God was able to do that. He provided, because our God is a God who also provides. He gives us provisions. Is that his hand that we receive many, many blessings. God is a God who knows how to provide for his people. And this morning he will provide for you if you put your trust and put your love in him. So many times in our missions life and we, as we served in so many areas, every church that we, we, we were planners, church planners in Spain and planted many, many churches. And we never, you know, as, we, as the Lord led us to, 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 to plant churches, we first started in 1996, planted a church in Alcoy. Then God led us to uh, Madrid, Spain in 2000. Uh, we planted another church. And all these churches and other churches, we never had enough money in our account, so to speak, to plant these churches. But as we followed the Lord and we listened and we obeyed, we found God's provision. 
I mean, the church plant we did in, in 2000 in Madrid, it was called Celebración Cristiana. Man, we had, we had no chairs, no pews, no, I mean, he's a nice microphone. I bet you Joe, Pastor Joe bought him. Anyway, we got all this, we had all this stuff that, that we didn't have that we needed, but we knew that God said, go and plant a church. We didn't ask, okay, God, send us this, this, and this, and then we'll go. We went in obedience, trusting the Lord, and as we went in obedience, the provisions would come in. Funds would come in. Extra funds would come in. God would provide miraculously because his provision was there because we were following his presence. And God's provision was there. God's power was also in there in an incredible way. As we would break the darkness in many of these places in, in Spain where for, for many, many years and centuries even, the gospel light has been very, very silent, kept out. And yet it was such a needy and a dark place and a wonderful place at the same time. I cannot tell you the spiritual warfare that we encountered. I cannot tell you the, the, the difficulties, the times that when we prayed, it felt like we were praying to a, a brass ceiling. And we were wondering, would God ever answer our prayers? When we first went to Spain, they told us that Spain was a cemetery for missionaries. But I, got, I actually had a pastor tell me, why don't you go to Latin America? Because things are, more things are happening there. It seems like the gospel is flowing there a little bit better. And this thing about taking the gospel isn't about going to the nicest places around the world. But it's about obeying the voice of the Spirit and listening to where God's presence is leading us and leading you and leading me to people and to places who've never heard His name proclaimed. And when we do that, the power of God comes in a great way. And He surprised us over and over, His power breaking through. His protection also is there with us. We've been in some places where it got dangerous, difficult, <laughs> I mean, even a little bit ugly. But that's okay. Because we are in God's presence. He promises to send His power, and His power always protects. It's amazing, the Lord, what He does and what He can do. And all of this... As he was teaching the children of Israel to follow the cloud. And as they did, they found his purpose. They found his provision. They found his power. God never fails his people. God never fails his people. He gave clear directives of what he wanted. And once he spoken, they were able to do it. And it was really specific. That's what I like about the Lord. He is sometimes really specific, isn't he? Sometimes he gives us a general picture, and that's okay. We walk by faith, not by sight. But as we follow the general picture, it, it, it kind of goes into a funnel. And then we were, ah, oh, okay. Oh, I can see that. Oh, that's, okay, that's great. And then sometimes it's specific where go here, do this specifically, and do that. And it's great. And as we do, we follow in obedience. It activates the power of God and the plan of God. It just becomes unraveled before you. That's amazing. It was the year... Uh, what year was it? Man, the years get all mixed up. They go by so quick, don't they? It was a few years ago. It was a few years ago. Uh, we were uh, area directors for Southern Europe. And we're having, you know, just travel. We had, uh, we had eight countries. We went from the, uh, uh, to, to the Canary Islands all the way up to Portugal, Spain, uh, Italy, Malta, the island of Malta, uh, Greece, uh, and Kosovo. And as we were ministering in these countries, they're just, 
had 120 missionaries that we were giving oversight, plus the national church leadership in these countries. So it was a real, it was a real busy time. And we were having a great time. God had moved us into this area of our lives, and we we're working now and, and kind of on a broader spectrum. I got a phone call from one of our, our pastor friends. Uh, they were actually workers in a church who were becoming pastors, but they weren't pastors yet. And we got a phone call from uh, Miguel and Lidia. Miguel and Lidia came to us in the year 2000 when we planted our, our, our first church in, in Madrid, the capital city. And they came to us, and, and, and they were, you know, we, they got saved, and they got reconditioned, and, and we've discipled them, and now they're working in the church, doing a great thing. And, and so much so that they developed so well that they were involved in a home group. And this home group began to grow and develop as we tried to reach other areas of the city. Spain, Madrid is about five and a half million people, and quite large people everywhere. And so we were wanting to reach in other areas of the city where there was no church. And so as we were doing that, Miguel and Lidia were developing this, this home group. And, and the church was doing well. We had a national pastor. I was in the area now working as an area director. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call from Miguel and Lidia. And they said, hey, our home group is doing great. We had visited before uh, the home group, and it was wonderful. But it was a home group. And at the direction of, of the church, Celebración Cristiana, they said, hey, this needs to be a church. You're right. Uh, plus people. There's no room in your home, and you, you just can't, you can't have this many people. Let's make it a church. And so Miguel Lidia called me and they said, hey, Gil Gladys, we need you to help us. I said, sure, what do you guys need? They said, look, we're going to start this church. We've never pastored before. We never did anything like this before. I mean, we're working home, but we never pastored a church. Can you come and can you help us as pastors? Can you co-pastor with us? I said, Miguel Lidia, I got a full-time job already. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going here. I'm racking up the miles traveling. It's, it's wonderful. I'm developing areas. and It was great. But now you want me to help you guys in, in this church? I mean, I, told, I can't be there every Sunday. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Would you please come? Would you please come? And I, we, my wife and I, Gladys and I, we spoke and we said, God, what, you know, I don't know. We, we're kind of busy right now. And literally we sensed the Lord, His presence, like a cloud, just moving us saying, you need to help them. You need to help them. And in my mind, I'm thinking, but God, I got all, I can't, I got all this stuff going on, and it's important. I just can't, well, how, how am I going to do both? I mean, how? And I didn't get an answer. All I got was, at the command of the Lord, <laughs> when the cloud moves, you move. I thought, man, God. So we contacted Miguel Liddy. We said, Yes. Will help. Didn't know what would happen. Didn't know what would trans. I just said yes. I didn't even know what. I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. But I said yes. So I got a few slides here, real quick. We're going to put them up there. Um, following the cloud. This is our journey in this particular moment. And I showed a, a real picture. Next slide of, of what it looked like. This is not the actual cloud, but it, my point is when when in the Old Testament they saw a visible cloud. I mean, they could see it. And when that thing would move, they would, oh, okay, it's time to get up and move. No questions asked. But we just got here two days ago. But the cloud is moving. Oh, we've been here a month. You know, I like this area. It's pretty nice, Lord. But the cloud is moving. And that's what he was saying here in Numbers. No matter two days, a month, a year, when it moves, you move. When it stays, you stay. And so, next slide. So here... We, we said yes, and we found this, this old... The first thing was we had to get them into a facility. 
We had to get him out. This, this, I mean, it was small pack people. We had a, a 40 people, but there was, so we found this. It was an old, um, uh, what's that? Taller de Carpintero. Uh, uh, carpenter workshop. There it is. It was an old carpenter workshop. And it was dirty. It looked like a cave. This thing was bad. But this is what we found. And so we helped them. We, we gave an offer, like $5,000 just to get all the paperwork and everything started. And then we got in, and then we had to clean this. I mean, it was a mess. And I thought, man, you know, it doesn't look too pretty, does it? But I thank God that it's not always about appearances, is it? It's so. not about appearances. I'm just saying. So, next slide, next slide. So we got it all fixed up. And this is what it looked like. Pretty nice, huh? We cleaned it up. We painted We got it all. And here we are. I'm still doing the Southern Europe thing, traveling around. And I'm coming to the church. Sometime I come off a plane. I wouldn't even, I take the subway. I wouldn't even go home. I'd go to the church because we were teaching. We were doing all kinds of stuff. It was wonderful. But we got it all cleaned up. And there were, that's, that's Miguel and Lidia in the middle. Of course, there, I'm there with my daughter. Then that's their daughter, Miguel and Lidia's daughter, Donna. And then there's my wife. And then there's my son, Joshua. So we get this thing started. And we're about, next slide, we're about a year into this. We're about a year into this. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like, it was like, boom. This bomb blew off. This bomb went off. And now, you know, oh, oh, and we're starting Sunday evening. That's all. We started with Sunday evening service. Well, people started coming. People started coming. Then, then it went from Sunday evening to Sunday morning because it was just people. And then we went to two Sunday morning services and a Sunday evening service. And it was about a year into it. And all of a sudden, the power of God ripped into that place. And it was service after service. This isn't what just one, this is many services. Service after service. We told, look, we're only going to sing three songs, four songs, and that's it. And then people would just the place would just explode. And then not only that, but people's lives were transformed. Marriages were coming together. Young people were getting saved. People were just coming to the Lord. They'd never been to a church before, and they were coming into this place and encountering the power and presence of God. And we're like, what's going on here? And it's growing and it's growing. And we're like, what happened? This is, this is like two years, maybe two and a half years into this church plant. And then we had to train up workers like crazy. And I'm, I'm doing double duty and triple duty. And it's like, because this thing just exploded before us. Next slide. I know there's a trap door here, so I'm moving, Pastor. That takes you out to the Delaware River. I'm moving. <laughs> Got to go over here. So, so we, found, we found this place here. We looked. We found this. We thought, this is great. This is wonderful. We found this building. And then when we inquired about it, the, the, guy, the owner said, well, who are you guys? Well, I said, well, well we're a church. You're a church. Yeah, we're an evangelical church, and we want this place to... He's like, man, the church ain't got no money. That's what he told us. Church don't have money. So he told us no. So there we were, having services, having church kept growing. I mean, we're, we're, we're breaking the... You know, there's a fire code for how many people you can have in a... A photo, we call it in Spanish. We're break, it's, it was bad. We're like, oh, hope to fire department doesn't come this certain day you know i mean yesterday they would come and receive the lord but not anyway so so we're like what do we do we got all this you know and so for a solid year we said look we just the lord knows that we got to pray we prayed and prayed we prayed we fasted and we prayed we prayed we, prayed. we fasted and we prayed and then we did what we call in spanish vigilias we did an all night you know we come to the church at 10 o'clock at night on friday and go all the way till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning just saying, Lord, come on, Lord, we need you, help you, Lord, help you. And just pray, pray. A year went by, a year went by. Praying, God, come on, Lord, help us, Jesus. Growing and people, and, and we're just doing everything. Maxed out with our children's space. Maxed out in every space. God, come, you got to help, Lord. Praying. 
A year went by. The owner called us back. And they said, hey, you, this is still available. We, this building, this property is still available. You guys want it? And we said, what happened? And he said, well, we were trying to sell to a, to a company, but it, was, it had mafia dealings. It was in the news. It was a newspaper. It was, and they were embarrassed. They came back to the church that had no money. Just saying. So we, we had a special meeting. We got a, the church like two and a half, maybe three years old, three and a half years old, three and a half years old. We had a special meeting. You know, we're just, you know, just, and we said, we, I said, Miguel, we got to raise some money here because to get into this is a little big. We got to, and so he said, well, I don't know how to do that. I never did this before. I said, well, you got to ask people to give it a special offering. He says, why don't you do it? And I said, yeah, I'm not done. Well, me, I mean, how about, so we had a Sunday, Sunday evening, a special service of those who were members. There wasn't many, about 45 the church was running more, but there were about 45, 50 people dedicated. And that night, we just, by faith, we said, we need about 35,000 euros to make this happen. We just, I just got up there and said, okay, I'm going to give me 200, I'm going to give me, it sounded like an auction. I'm going to 300, I'm going to 400, I'm going to 500, I'm going to And that night, we raised over 42,000 euros. Three and a half years old, 42,000 euros. We got into this place. Next slide. Next slide. It was, it was, you know, it was empty again. We worked hard. We worked hard. We cleaned it up. And then, and then about five months later, next slide, next slide. Five months later, that's our inauguration service. Man, that God just moved. And, it, you know, we like, it was a one. Then we had to go to two services because we didn't fit anymore. And then about a year, uh, I was back in Spain back in February of this year. Five year, fifth year anniversary. Next slide, next slide. So here we're preaching and, and, and the, you know, we're, we're helping. And then we made another step of faith. Next slide. And then we're downtown Madrid in the theater district and, and uh, having now worship services. We're, we're, we've extended to another part of the city. The church is not even six years. I'll go back next February for the sixth year anniversary. Church continues to grow. It's incredible. I thought, how in the world? How in the world simply because in last slide we're following the cloud or in Spanish siguiendo la nube that's all we did that's all we did that's all we did we followed the cloud and we found God there waiting for us so that he can start doing the things that God only can do best reach the lost discipleship baptize them in water pray that they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and build God's kingdom what happens, friend, as I close, when his people, or say, you and I, say, I'm going to follow the cloud. Where he leads, I will go. He'll surprise you, never disappoint you. But what happens if you can't go, but you can give? Listen to his voice. May the God direct you, lead you to do wonderful things around the world as you partner with our amazing missionaries. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray right now that you would continually bless and do a great work as you're doing here. Thank you for the work that they do around the world. And thank you, Lord, for the great things that you're doing around the world. Have your way with us. Let our hearts be sensitive. Let our ears be attentive as we listen, learn, and then get up and obey to follow you. We're grateful, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gil. What a great message.
great word. <laughs> Kathy and I had been at uh, Naples one other time, uh, and that was 20, we've been here for 24 years, probably 26 years ago. We were traveling with Heaven's Gate Sells Flames at the time, a Christian drama ministry, and we actually did the drama in Naples. And uh, I, I don't know how much, but I would assume that Naples has changed a lot in the last 25, 26 years. I got to tell you, I have never seen that kind of wealth before. Uh, if you've ever been in Naples, there are more billionaires that live in Naples, Florida, than anywhere else in the United States. Uh, we took a sunset cruise around the, the bay, and uh, it's just alarming, the, the wealth that is down there. There's no other word for it. Um, people that will buy existing mansions, existing for $20 million, $30 million, and will buy them and spend another $10 million to have them tore down so that they can build $40 million mansions. Uh, 26 uh, bay garages. The, the uh, CEO of, of uh, Hugo Boss has uh, a, a rotating garage. He has all of his exotic cars on a wheel. And uh, he has all of them assigned to a particular bay. So every morning he gets up and he pushes one button for his Ferrari, one button for his Rolls Royce, one button for his Maserati, one for, you know, just, and then he has a button for the day that he doesn't know what he wants to drive. And the computer actually will pick out the one that he hasn't driven in a while. And, and you're just thinking, this is insane wealth. And I'm not knocking anybody, but like, none of that matters. The Lord says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust does not corrupt and thieves cannot break into steel. And, you know, I, again, I'm not making, a, well, maybe I am making a moral call, but my, my issue is, is just what are we doing with our wealth? Because we, we may all look at them and say, well, I would never do that. Well, you don't have that wealth, okay? But what are you doing with what you already have? What, what are you doing with the little? Jesus only recognized one offering in his entire ministry. And it was the woman that gave the little, the might. And everybody else had gone through and had given so much more. But Jesus recognized that one widow's might and everybody was saying well why did you recognize he says because they all gave out of their abundance she gave out of her lack and and they were uh, on that cruise they were telling me that they were all bragging about this one uh one guy who owned this 40 million dollar mansion and had a 40 million dollar yacht packed up or parked right outside of it as well 80 million dollars right there right there and he had sold his business for $3 billion. And he gave $23 million to the school system. And they're like, man, how generous is that man? 
generous? 23 million out of $3 billion? What are you doing with your wealth? What are you doing with what is in your hand? Are you giving because you've decided, well, this is what I can afford to give? Or are you giving based upon what the cloud is leading you to give? Do you just, do you go and say, well, this is what I can afford? Or do you pray and say, Lord, this is all yours. What do you want me to give? And if that means I have to sacrifice something else that I want, I'm willing to do that because I just want to honor you. God's economy is not operating like ours. We're, we're, we're stewards, which means that nothing we have belongs to us. It belongs to God. And while we want to put additions on our homes, while we want to put away more money so we can retire earlier or retire more comfortably, the Lord says, no, my kingdom is the only kingdom that will stand. And so I, I, I just say that because that's where I spent my week. And I saw this and I'm just overwhelmed with the money that this country has and is being used on things that doesn't matter. We have an opportunity to invest in a kingdom that will not pass away, but a kingdom that endures forever in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can I hear a good praise? I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask our ushers and our greeters, our, if, our ushers, if they would pass out these faith promises now. And uh, these are going to go to everyone. If you're a guest here, you may get one, but you're a guest. You have no obligation at all to this. This is for the members and the adherents and uh, the partners of Bethel. We do this once a year. Once a year, we take a, a Sunday to remember our missions, and I'm thankful for all the missionaries that we support. But many of you know that once a month, we have a mission Sunday, and we typically bring in, it's the last Sunday of every month, we bring in a missionary who will give us a five-minute window, talk a little bit about the ministry that they have, and as the Lord leads, we'll pick up those missionaries, and uh, and we'll help support them. Uh, but this missions giving is above and beyond your tithe, 10% comes into the church but this is above and beyond that and all of these monies that come in once a month on that last Sunday of every month uh, and don't fill those out until we pray but um, uh, those monies go right into the missions account now we already give 10% of our general account we, we tithe on our general fund to missions so we've done that for many years. 10% of our general tithe and offerings goes right into missions. But this is even beyond that because we believe in missions, foreign and even domestic. How many of you know that our first calling is to our Jerusalem, is to Blackwood and Gloucester Township and the areas that we affect? That's our first obligation. Um, and so we take monies out of our missions for local evangelistic efforts as well. Um, and you have always been a giving church. All that this does, it gives us an opportunity to see what is expected to come in this year so that we can plan for the year ahead, okay? And what you're gonna find when you get this 
is that there is a larger section and a smaller section. It's perforated in the, in the, uh, on the end there. And on the first, the, the larger side, you've got a faith promise. So just notice, and I don't know if they have always done this or if this is more recent, but I like what it says here. As your faith promise or commitment is an agreement between you and God, and that's all it is, it is understood that you may revise your promise or commitment at any time. So at some point during the course of the year, you know, you might get a little bit more. You'll put that in. If you you can't, for whatever reason, put in that same amount. This is not something that we monitor and call you up and say, hey, you haven't given your, your faith promise for the last couple of months. We don't do that. We would never do that. Again, this is an opportunity for us to just plan ahead. And so what we do is we ask you to fill out the information that is on that, your name, your address, your signature. And there's a weekly faith promise, and you can do it weekly. But I've always just said, look, do it monthly. Do a monthly faith promise. And that way, the last Sunday of every month, you can just include that in. And you put that number there. And we want you to do this in a second. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to fill these out. And then on that smaller one, you're just going to write in what that commitment is, and you're going to tear that away, and you're going to keep that in your Bible, or you're going to put it on your fridge, or you're going to put it somewhere that you can remember that this is the commitment that you have made between you and the Lord, not Bethel, and that you're going to give as the Lord enables you to give. That's all that this is. And so we want you to pray about where the Spirit is leading you today for this. You know, uh, a couple of months ago now, I had shared with you just how much the Lord had put on my heart that we need to be more proactive in going after the next generation. And uh, there is something attached to that as well. I've long believed that Bethel needs to step outside of these four walls, and we need to do something that bridges this church to our community. And the Lord's put something on my heart. We've been talking about it as a board. It's going to take a a lot of faith. It's going to take a lot of giving, sacrifice on all of our part. I'm not ready to go public with it yet, but we will shortly. But we know that big vision takes big money. But we serve a God who owns it all anyway. In Jesus' name. How many of you know he owns it all? Can you hear a better amen than that? Amen. Bless the Lord. So let's just bow our heads in prayer. And Father, we just thank you for this word that we've heard this morning. We thank you for bringing Brother Gill to us and sharing with us how you move by your spirit and how we need to be attentive to what you're you're leading us. And I pray right now that before we fill out one thing on this card, that we will sense exactly where you are leading us to give. In some cases, we may be asked to give more than we think we can. But Lord, the one thing that I have noticed through the years is that every commitment I've ever made that I felt you lay on my heart, you've always provided for me to do that. And I just pray that we'd be led by your spirit right now and not by the bottom line. Lord, we are not bottom line believers. We are men and women of faith. And when we believe that you are moving, that's what we want to do. And so may this commitment reflect that in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. 
and amen. Can I just give you just a couple moments? The band's going to play behind. Can you fill that out for me right now? And then just tear it away. And then we're, we're not going to collect them as, as such. I'll tell you what we're going to do in a moment. But just go ahead and fill those out. I'll just give you a couple of minutes. I'm going to ask if the ushers would just stand in the back there and as you're leaving today you can just put that larger section just tear that larger section away and you can just put it right in the offering bags can we have some guys back there with the bags and uh, they they'll just collect those again thank you for your giving if you're not ready to fill that out today that's fine just do it for next week. Bring it back next week. Put it in the regular offering just to let us know. But uh, we just want us to be a giving church. You've always been a giving church. And uh, I'm thankful for that in Jesus' name. Bless the Lord. Can we stand here this morning? Can you thank Brother Gill one more time for coming and sharing the word of the Lord with us here this morning? Amen. If you need some time to keep, I see some of you are still filling it out. If you do, go ahead. Take some more time. But thank you again for your giving. Father, what a great day we've had. Just a, a great reminder of the fields that, again, are white unto harvest. I pray, Father, that um, our giving would reflect our passion for the lost. And I pray, Lord, again, that none of us would see this as deferring our responsibility to someone else. Yes, we help and we come alongside missionaries around the world, but that does not mean that we are not missionaries. Lord, all of us have been called to take this gospel to men and women all around us. May we never cease to do that. May we as a church, may we unite our, for our resources together to reach out to our community. Lord, if these truly are the last days, then how much more should we be about our Father's business? I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to guide and direct us, especially this week of fasting and prayer. May our hearts be open and attentive to your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. Have a wonderful day in the Lord.